a fucked up little toy phone with eyes that can definitely see you, Taylor. And listeners, please consider this dismaying observation. This chamber has no windows and no doors. Jemmy. And this is the final Girl Files. This week, we watched 2023's Skinnamarink, directed by Kyle Edward Ball, starring Lucas Paul, Dolly Rose Tarrolt, Ross Paul, and Jamie Hill. And if this was a Friends episode, this would be entitled, The One Where Jemmy Gets Insufferably Pretentious. Because unfortunately, every every, film person has their movie that they get insufferably pretentious about, and this is mine. We're going to need that to level out the vibes here because I don't know how I feel about this film. (laughs) You just watched it for the first time, right? I did. Also, apologies, listeners. I am currently getting over a cold, so I'm very sorry if I sound, you know, hopefully I sound, like, sexy and sultry, but I probably just sound bad. You sound very sexy and very sultry, don't worry. Thank you so much. Uh, So just right off the bat, Trigger warnings. I don't like. I I probably should just do these at like the be- like the end of every episode because I feel like people coming to listen to this have already watched the movie. <laughs> uh, but I mean, kids in danger, blood, uh, entrapment, analog horror. Yeah, kids in danger is a big one. Like if you suffer distress seeing children in distress, even fictional children. Maybe skip this one. Yeah, this is not the film for you. This is not the movie for you. So you just saw this for the first time. I saw this for the first time in a theater. And I think a lot of what you're feeling is having watched this movie at home. Because I think this movie suffers from a home release. Interesting. I think it suffers a lot from a home release because... Anyway, I'll tell the story and we'll get into that later. But anyway, I made a point to see this in theaters because contrary to my Marvel-loving ass, I do also like to support little indie horror movies when they get attention. <laughs> and I I made a point. I was like, okay. And I also saw a lot of people talking about this movie. Like, this was the horror community's darling when it came out. Yes. And I was seeing two different opinions. Like, people were very divided on this movie. People either considered this the scariest fucking movie they'd ever seen in their lives, or it was like watching paint dry. And I was like, I need to find out which camp I fall into. And it turns out I fall into the first camp and I deeply envy everyone who falls into the second camp because the first time I watched this movie, I was in a little podunk theater 40 minutes away from my house with Jace, my spine firmly pressed against a shitty movie theater seat, and my hands over my ears because of the autism, you see. (laughs) And just like... Like, deeply unsettled. This movie deeply unsettled me. I remember the next day, like, I went to go into Jace's room to, like, ask him about something, and the door was locked. And I was like, oh, why'd you lock the door, Jace? And he was like, can I, like, be totally honest with you? I was thinking about the last shot of Skin and Marine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um. So that's my experience with this movie. Uh, so I, this is my first time seeing this film. I did not see it in theaters. I watched it in my house, but I was trying to recreate as much of the like solitary theater vibes as I could possibly get to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, phone on do not disturb, in my basement, all the lights off, like I was trying to I was trying to recreate the energy and I just mm, this movie didn't hit for me, unfortunately. Didn't get there. I didn't I wanted to like it so bad. It did nothing for me. I was I, I was very I was very bored. I wish I liked it. Cause there's there's stuff in this movie that I did like that was good. Uh there were a lot of really good creepy shots, but I think it just I just was zoning out the whole time. Yeah, this like I, I even trying to recreate it at home, because I did the same thing. I turned all the lights off except for one lamp so I could take notes you know, turn my phone off, like put my phone away, keyed in, and it still just doesn't 
match seeing this in a theater where you are there's a level of being keyed into a movie in a theater that you just like can't recreate at home because there were always going to be distractions. Like I was frustrated trying to watch this movie at home because, you know, I got like a half hour in and then my mom came home from work and she and my dad proceeded to have God's loudest conversation upstairs in the kitchen. (laughs) And this is for the most part, a very quiet movie. So I was just like sitting there trying to get in the zone listening to my parents bitch about their work days uh, because the walls of my house, I tried like, I, I, I was in the basement first off because like the basement has a big TV and it's very like private and solitary and dark. And unfortunately the walls are paper thin, could hear my parents every single fucking word they were saying. So I was like, fine, I'll move upstairs. So I moved upstairs and I could still fucking hear them because my dad does not possess an inside voice. That's like what I'm most pretentious about, about this movie though, is that I think in a theater, you are like there, you have no other distractions. You are sitting in the dark. Maybe there's other people around, but those other people are usually very quiet they're not doing anything. They're all watching the movie. And the sound design is all around you. The big screen is in front of you. Like, it's different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, even with a normal non skinnamarink movie, there's just, like, something about going to see movies in a movie theater. It's why they haven't fucking died out because of COVID. Yeah. And I think you're never going to be able to recreate that in a home setting because there are always going to be distract like distractions that are just not present in a theater. So I think unfortunately I I love this movie. I think this movie is really really great. I do think it suffers from a home release and I feel like that contributes to some of the opinions on this movie. There are just people who it doesn't who don't vibe with it and that's fine. But I think yeah. That, like as much as I do, like, understand what you're saying, I do get the feeling that I wouldn't really vibe with it in the theater either. Okay. I think that's just me. I don't know. I think I might just be too ADHD for this movie. That could very well be it. <laughs> because it's like... <laughs> it like, is a movie that you have to, like, kind of... And this is this is me being insufferably, insufferably pretentious. Oh, now. Jemmy. You, I would love for you to be insufferably pretentious because, unfortunately, I feel like I'm not going to be very much fun on this episode. I think this is a movie that needs to be met on a certain level and Mm -hmm. like it just it's just not gonna vibe for some people and that's why it was so divisive amongst the the horror community. I was hoping that I would really get something out of this movie because I was the kind of kid who had like frequent and very vivid nightmares so the premise of this movie was already kind of hitting me in this way of like, oh, th- like this feels like what I was like as a kid. Mm-hmm. So I was so hoping that it would hit. And it just, it just really, I don't know. I, I, I want to know what you saw in it. I want this, you to like, like I, I want to see this movie through your eyes. This movie is scaredy cat kid representation. It really is. I was feeling very represented by these children. I will say, first off, if you are a person who for whom this movie was like too long or too boring, uh, the director of the movie, Kyle Edward Ball, has a YouTube channel called Bite Size Nightmares. And you if you like like the vibe of this movie but think it's like too long and too boring, maybe try checking out like his short film work. I get the feeling I would like his short films. I know the proof of concept for this movie is one called Heck, which I've been meaning to watch. I meant to watch it before this, but unfortunately I had the busiest weekend in the world and could not. I do also recommend two video essays. One of them is called Skinnamarink Explained, A Forgotten Nightmare. It's by Wendigoon, who is just like generally a really good horror YouTube channel. I recommend his stuff a lot. And the other one is called The Cruelty of Skinnamarink, and it's by a channel called Flaw Peacock. Um, and these two movies, I think... Not these two movies, these two short... Uh, like video essays, like streamline skin and marink to a point where it's like less lingering on, uh, you know, it's less skin and marink, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's less long and, and boring. And yeah, 
I do actually think this movie is too long. I will say that. I think this movie is too long. You could have shaved 10 minutes off of this movie. Or, you know what? I think this movie could have been an 80-minute movie. I think it's just too long. I think they should have shaved off, like, a half hour to 20 minutes and let it be shorter. And I feel like the 40 minutes, the hour and 40 minutes is, like, maybe a studio thing. (laughs) Some of the visuals in this movie I found really, really affecting and creepy. Um... So I do, I do want to shout those out because there, there was some stuff in this movie that I found like genuinely affecting. Mm-hmm. Um, the last shot of the mom, like, I guess, like it, it just, it just gave me the feeling of like being half asleep and waking up to a parent in your bedroom, mm-hmm. and that was really creepy. Um, Obviously, you gotta shout out the fucking creepy-ass toy phone. I have two notes, all caps in my notes, just that fucking phone. Fuck it, that it fucking phone. It scared the fuck phone. out of me. It scared the fuck out of me. Um, I also really, really liked the way that the, um, the ceiling light was framed in a way that made it look like an eyeball. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really cool. I loved that. You know, a lot of the visuals in this movie do this really interesting thing where it's this, like, it's the way that your child, your scaredy cat child brain makes mm-hmm. normal-ass things in your house look scary. And I, that's oh. really good. I loved that stuff. I thought that the cuts in this movie were really good because they added to that, like, sense of disorientation. And then as the shot goes on, you're like, oh, that's something I recognize but you start off thinking of it as something unfamiliar. So it just sort of adds to that disorienting quality. Can I ask what you think is going on in this movie? Oh God. That's a, I mean, I think it's, a, I think it's some kids who are really afraid of something kind of demonic in their, something's like ghostly or demonic in their house. Mm-hmm. Um, are we just going to call the monster the Skinnamarink, by the way? Yeah, no, we, should... I, we, we have to just call it the Skinnamarink. Hey, I'm the Skinnamarink. Hey. I'm rinking here. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think that there's something kind of possessing their house. Like, there's mm-hmm. there's a sort of being that is intent on tormenting them. Yes. And it, it's probably done away with the parents or turned the parents into something that it can control. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it's just like I'm just gonna fuck with these kids for a while I mostly ascribe to Wendigoon's view of things which is basically that but it more inv- it also involves like the idea that the mom was the one who like sort of invited this thing into their house and oh, just took her over and fucked everything up because they talk a lot about the mom like going away and maybe she maybe dad went with her you know and that's how kids would interpret something like that you know mm-hmm. um and i think it could also be why like the the two parents that we see in that bedroom scene which like the bed that bedroom scene is probably the scariest most tense scene in the movie and i i did feel that tension more in the theater <laughs> Uh, so that was probably like rewatching that was kind of my first clue in that like oh okay, like this is different. But yeah. anyway, um, I think that's why the mom asks the girl Kaylee to close her eyes. We didn't fucking, god damn it, we didn't like do a plot synopsis. I just realized this. It doesn't matter. This movie really doesn't have much. It doesn't of a plot. really have. We have a, the the plot is basically just what Taylor just Taylor described. There's it. It's just that. Um. It's about movies. We don't need to do a plot summary. I fucking just... wish I had had time to watch the Wendigoon video because I wanted to talk about it and I ran out of time because I don't have good time management skills. Valid. I like the idea, though, that the Skinnamarink, and this is, I think, brought up in the Wendigoon video, the Skinnamarink is also a child. And it, oh, interesting. Views, 
it views Kevin and Kaylee as toys. And like, what do kids do with their toys? I play with them. Like kids will break their toys and they, you know, you sometimes kids, a kid will like break his toy and then be like upset that it is, that it's broken because they don't understand that their actions have consequences. And I feel like that's a lot of what's going on with the skin and rink is we see like very childish behavior from it. Like it, it messes around with the kids' toys. It gets mad when Kaylee won't do what it wants. It literally has a tantrum, like, I want to play with Kevin. And then when Kevin doesn't want to play, it uh makes him cut his eyes out. That's fun. As you do. As you do. And I, I liked the <clears throat> imagery at the end of, like, their house in that void and how it looked like the dollhouse in the toy, in the toy yes. pile. I did like that a lot. I thought that was, I thought that that more than anything was like, oh, okay. Like this thing just sees these two children as toys in a dollhouse. That's really interesting. That honestly makes me look at the movie like in a, in a different way than I had. I think I was mostly just confused by this movie. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, Don't worry, Taylor. I'm here to be please. your ending explained person. Tell me about the film. Tell me more about the film. Uh, no, I loved... Um, I loved the analog style. Mm-hmm. I thought that that added a lot to the creepiness factor. Uh, I love that you never really got a good look at anybody. Mm-hmm. Including the kids. Um but on the flip side of that, I think it also really worked to this movie's detriment because um, I felt like I couldn't really connect with them as characters mm-hmm. because you not just because we don't see them, but just because I feel like they didn't really have, I don't want to say that they didn't have personalities, but I feel like I didn't know who they were as people. Mm-hmm. I think that was an, that was an issue that I had with the movie is that like, particularly the kids felt like vehicles through which to deliver scares rather than people. Um, And I think that that stems from this director's work making short films. Mm -hmm. Because I think that this movie is like, because it's so incredibly vibes heavy, it it ends up in this weird place where um, it's sustaining itself on the vibes. And I think if you can get into the vibes, then you're having a great time and it's really freaky and affecting. But if you can't, if if you can't connect, like I felt like there was nothing in this movie that I could grab onto. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes any sense. I'm nodding. You can't see. No, I, I actually really agree with this. I think this may be like the reason for this movie being so divisive. And actually, I, I can I just say, I, I kind of like that you didn't like it. I like that we have... Like two op- like the two opposite sides of this like debate on this we, podcast. I like we that do. we could have this discussion. I think it's you know it's it's really funny and like I, I I apologize, audience, if we've had this conversation before because I feel like we may have. But I think that it's like I'm not I've never been one of those people who like my automatic reflex when somebody really enjoys a movie that I really couldn't get into is like disdain. And that's not to make me be like, I'm so much better and more mature than other people. But like, I don't know. I just find it interesting. Like if somebody really enjoyed a movie that I didn't like, I want to know why I want to know what about it affected you in a way that didn't affect me. And so like, yeah, I think this is actually a really good thing that I didn't like this movie. Uh, because uh, I think it's up to a good discussion. Because I want to know what about this movie affected you. I actually, one of the most important things that I've ever learned in a film class, and it wasn't even a thing that like was taught to me in a film class, which is something I learned throughout the process, was like how to find, and this is sort of the opposite direction of what you said, Taylor, like how to find things that to appreciate in movies that I don't particularly like or to like examine movies from a space of like why I, I don't like this movie but I'm interested to know why people do or why it is objectively a well-made film. Yeah. 
I think we've had this conversation a lot about like with Tarantino movies. Yes, and, like I, objectively, these are very well made films, and I can find something to appreciate in them. I don't vibe with them though. Yeah. I don't know. I think it really might just be that I'm too ADHD for this movie because I just found myself like it was just like, okay, shot of the corner of the ceiling. Like, okay, I'm zoning out. And then it would jump scare me and I'd be like, oh, I'm back. <laughs> oh my God. The jump scares were good. I Taylor, Taylor. is very effective at its jump scares. You're too ADHD and I'm too autistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This yeah. is the spectrum. This yeah. is the spectrum. When they talk about yeah. being on the spectrum, this is the spectrum. This is the spectrum of Skinamarink enjoyer to Skinamarink non-enjoyer. I don't want to say because like, I didn't. I didn't hate this movie. Yeah. I just didn't like it. <laughs> uh-huh. No, like because you see like just shot after shot after shot of like like a, a house and it's yeah. sp- it's spooky. I see like things in the shadows and i'm like examining every corner of the frame trying to find like the scary thing like i i'm okay with slower movies because i can just like really easily soak in the vibes and i'm not saying that you can't like that i'm trying not to be like an asshole here i'm trying no you're not being an asshole i i understand what you're trying to say i find it really easy to just like soak in the vibes and and just be present in something for a while and I know that's not what everybody else can do. Yeah. And for me, I feel like <laughs> this is such a random thing. But like, I was thinking to myself, this is the most insane. This is, might be the most insane thing I've ever said on this show. Um, Which is saying a lot considering we've talked about Ebenezer Scrooge BDSM. But please. <laughs> this movie to me felt like, and stick with me on this. I'm with you. Being lost in the wilderness and drinking your own piss to sur- to survive. <laughs> now hear me out. I'm listening. I'm with you. So it's like the vibes of this movie. It's like at first you're like, hell yeah vibes. Or I don't want to say you. I was like, hell yeah vibes. Like I was feeling it for the first like 10 minutes. And then it was just kind of like, and more of the same thing. And more of the same thing. And it just kind of felt like a weird circle. Of like, uh-huh. okay, we're doing the same thing again and again. And it it felt like trying to survive just drinking your own piss. Because it's like, at a certain point, you're just drinking and and regurgitating the same thing. And it's just a cycle. And you're not going to obtain nourishment from that. Does that I, make any sense? It's an insane metaphor, but that I, it's I an thought insane of it during metaphor. the film. I'm sitting here just like truly hating how much that makes sense to me. It's just it, it felt like like after a certain point, it was like, okay, how many times are we gonna do this? And it's again, it's not a slight against the filmmakers because I I really hesitate to be too mean about this movie because I think that the people who make it there's a lot of talent in this movie and a lot of heart and I don't want to be a dickhead because I don't think that it's a bad movie. I'm just trying to articulate why it didn't quite work for me. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it felt like drinking my own piss in the woods, you know? <laughs> That's really funny because you're drinking your own piss in the woods. Meanwhile, Every, like, couple of shots, I'm, like, sipping a fine Chardonnay. Yeah, no, that's, like, yeah. <laughs> like, in a mansion in in the Alps, like. Yeah. <laughs> For you, this was, like, being continually served glass after glass of, like, the finest champagne and just plates of the most delicious, like, charcuterie boards. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I just fucking realized. And I'm Bear Gorillas in the woods. Taylor, Taylor, I just realized what's happening. Oh, no, what's happening? Oh, my God. I just realized it's because my horrible little autism brain thrives on repetition. (laughs) (laughs) No! (laughs) Ladies and gents. That's the end of the pod. I'm just kidding. I, it's not. Um, I, this movie is the autism ADHD divide. I, I We've done it. it we is. found it. We found it. The new diagnosis for <laughs> H- ADHD and autism is watching Skin and Marink and whatever your opinion is, that's what's wrong with your brain. Yeah. 
that who who fucking needs the Radzar test when you can just watch Skinnamarink and ask what you thought about it? And if That's- you didn't like it, you have ADHD. And if you do like it, you have autism. The problem is that I also have autism. Um, I think the ADHD just like it won out in this instance. Yeah, they, inside you there were two wolves. There were two the wolves. One. That's really funny too because I know uh, Shelby really enjoyed this movie, and they also are autistic. <laughs> Shelby is yeah. Jamie's partner. Um, yeah. So, oh boy. Oh, there was well. a lot in this movie that I found so fucking creepy, though. Again, like I'm gonna be thinking about that fucking phone and the way that it just like when it like flicks over to just like the weird ass eyes in the darkness i hated that hated to look at it it was bad bad. real bad it was bad um this movie honestly gave this movie gives me the sense of like not being in my house but being a small child in my grandmother's house for some reason yeah yeah and there's like all this sort of like older stuff and you're like kind of wandering around by yourself because your parents are like talking to your grandparents in the living room or whatever. And you're just like wandering around and it's very like quiet. There was this one letterbox review and it wasn't one that I pulled because it wasn't funny. It was just like a long like review. Mm-hmm. But this person was talking about how it was a similar thing where they were talking about how this this movie feels like. It's the first weekend staying with your dad after the divorce in his new apartment. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's what it feels like. And, like, my parents divorced when I was an adult, so I didn't really have that experience. But... But I can see it. Yeah, I can totally see where that comes from. Just this vibe of, like, this should be a place that feels safe, but it's unfamiliar and it's scary. Mm-hmm. Again, this is Scaredy Cat Kid representation. It sure fucking is. And listen, as a former Scaredy Cat Kid, so many Scaredy Cat Kids grew up to be horror fans. It's really funny. Um, you and me. like, yeah. yeah, we were both Scaredy Cat Kids, and now look at us. Uh, but yeah, as a former Scaredy Cat Kid, I do feel very represented by this film. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know the director... When making so the, the proof of concept is a short film called Heck, and in making Heck, uh, the director actually said he had a nightmare when he was little that he was in his parents' house. His parents were missing, and there's a monster. And apparently, like in talking to people on YouTube, because his his channel Bite Size Nightmares, he would ask viewers to post comments about their nightmares and then like shoot recreations of that nightmare. A lot of people had this nightmare. Huh. Of just, like, being alone in the house without your parents and there's a monster there. I ne- I've never had that. I don't think... If I've had that nightmare, I don't remember it. I don't think I have. I've had that nightmare. Except in my dream, it was um, it was a robot. And it was, like, chasing me around the house. Oh, man. A robot. A robot chasing you around the house. Very how, scary for some how, people. How terrifying. How scary. For, <laughs> some, for some people, however, it's a sexual fantasy. And, <laughs> and those people are named Wanda Maxwell. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Please do not bang the machines. Um, <laughs> she will, though. She will, though. She will. Um, but, yeah, that was, a, that was a nightmare that I had, like, a couple of times. That was, like, a reoccurring nightmare I had as a kid. I I had frequent and vivid nightmares as a child. I was that kid who was always fucking barreling into my parents' room at three in the morning asking mm-hmm. if I could sleep the rest of the night in their bed because I'd had a nightmare. I had a nightmare. Mom, I um, threw up. Mom, and I did throw up also a lot as a kid. <laughs> I, I had, Me I was too, a, queen. I was a frequent stomach virus child. Um, That's why you have IBS now. Yeah, it's true. But yeah, it was either mom I threw up or mom I had a nightmare. Um, and yeah, so I'm sorry mom and dad for bothering you a lot as a child. You guys are probably just trying to get some sleep. Um, I but- <laughs> The only nightmare that I remember vividly having was the result of watching the Disneyland sing-along Haunted Mansion Grim Grinning Ghosts too many times in a row. And it was just like that on a loop, on like a spooky loop in my head. I love this for you. And 
I also was afraid of that bit. No, see, the funny thing was, I wasn't afraid of it when I watched it. Oh, I was. I used to skip it. I I thought it was the coolest shit ever. But there was one night when, like, my brothers and I just, like, watched it over and over and over again for whatever fucking reason. (laughs) We were weird little kids. Neurodivergent. Well, yeah, because we were neurodivergent children. Um, And, like... For whatever reason, like, it just stuck in my head, probably because I've watched it over and over, but, you know, and it just, like, played on a loop in my head, so it wasn't even like that, but I I have such vivid memories of, like, being with my brothers and my cousin in my grandma's house and, like, quote, I'm making air quotes, audience, looking for ghosts in the, the, in the top floor of my grandparents' house because we weren't really allowed up there, like, we weren't discouraged from going up there exactly but it was just kind of like an unspoken rule that we stay out of like the rooms up there because it was just like my grandparents bedroom and my mom and my uh her siblings like old rooms and my grandfather my grandfather's like study but like we were just kind of it was just kind of like a thing like you just didn't go up there whenever you went to like their house but we would go up there and like search in the rooms and like look for ghosts and for some reason this movie makes me think of that yeah, that it does very much have that vibe. We never think, found ghosts, by the way. Oh man, that's so sad. Yeah, I wish you had found ghosts. I do too. I think the idea of being a child is so ripe for horror because there's number one, it's just that vulnerability. Like there are so many horror movies about like. What if child evil? What if a child was bad? And it's like, yeah, like, listen, I love the omen. I love fucking children of the corn. Like, I love that shit, too. But also, like, I don't know. I think that there is a dearth of horror that is just about how horrific it is to be a kid, just in general. Mm -hmm. And, like, listen, as much as I super didn't vibe with this movie, I appreciate that there is a movie out there that is very dedicated to the vulnerability of being a kid and just how scary the world can be when you're small and you don't know very much and everything is new and your imagination has never been more overactive. Yeah. And honestly, since we just had like a huge revival of like 80s nostalgia, I feel like now more than ever, we are like in the time where movies like this are hitting hard, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, I was thinking about the It movies when I was watching this and thinking about like, you know, again, like like the inherent horrors of childhood. mm -hmm. And I don't know, there's just there's something very primal about that. Yeah, because it's an experience that we all have in one way or another. Like, we've all been kids. We've all been kids in a place that seems both familiar and unfamiliar. Yeah. And that is scary. And Something as small and simple as just a toy, like, that talks or something going off at the wrong time Mm -hmm. can fucking traumatize you. Um... Because you're a little kid. And yeah, you don't under, you don't know. I had this, um, like, stuffed Tigger uh, from Winnie the Pooh. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what was up with this thing. It might have just been haunted. Yeah, it probably was possessed. It might have just been possessed. But it would just go off sometimes. And it would, like, this thing would, um, to, like, simulate the, like, bouncing, it would, like, vibrate. <laughs> oh, no. So, like... I sometimes, from the bottom of my, like, toy box, would just hear, like, like, just the sound of, like, just muffled, like, it's me, Tigger, and just, like, like, vibrating noises. That's so bad. And for some reason, it was, like, this, I, like, made my mom take the batteries out while I watched, because I was so fucking scared of this toy, and... I couldn't stop thinking about that when the when the phone went off because it's mm-hmm. like it's just there's something scary about a toy that talks. My brother Jace. I had... love that this episode has just turned into us telling scary childhood stories. As it should <laughs> yeah. be. As yeah. it should be. 
That's because that's what this movie's about, man. Yeah. My brother Jace had a like a Zerg toy from uh from Toy Story 2. And I feel bad in hindsight because he was fucking in love with this toy when he got it for Christmas. And then like it had some kind of like guard mode or something, or like a mode where it wasn't doing the thing that I expected it to do. And it scared me so bad that I made my mom take the batteries out. Yeah. And also, he, like, th- that Zerg lived on the top of Jace's, like, <laughs> wardrobe for the rest of its life. So like, you always have your fucking eyes on that thing. Like, I was terrified of it. And my, I felt bad. I feel bad in hindsight now because I was, like, my brother's one of, like, my, a toy that my brother adored and that he was only allowed to play with for one day because his stupid scaredy cat sister decided that it was the devil. <laughs> and, but to be fair, it was the devil. It was the devil, isn't and it? You were actually so correct and real for that. And I think you saved your family from being murdered by that thing. I did. So. The devil was in that thing. <laughs> the skinnamarink was there. The skinnamarink was in that toy. The skin rig was in that Zerg toy and was also in that Tigger toy that I had. Um, if, if you had a toy when you were a child that just like always went off at random, the skin rig was in it. The skin rig was there. It there was the skin rig. We all saw it. You know the skin rig. We've all seen We've it. We've all seen it. Yeah. <laughs> but um, so I'm interested in your opinions about like the genre of analog horror because I'm very mixed on it. And I think that's also part of the reason why this movie didn't really hit for me, because I'm kind of cynical about analog horror. I wonder if it's sort of the point, like, analog horror is reaching a point where the market is so oversaturated that, Mm -hmm. like, there's so much that is just kind of mediocre, and it's drowning out the stuff that's actually good. Yeah. I'm mostly talking, like, I, I know the Backrooms, like, the original Backrooms vo- videos are really good. Um, The ones that, like, the original originals, you know what I'm talking about? I like, really not- don't know very much about the Backrooms, but, like, I do vaguely know what you're... Yeah, it, it's, I'll, I'll, I'll just say, it's the one James and Chelsea Deadmeat talked about on their, yes. on their podcast. Yes. Like, the original originals. And they're, like, I know a lot of the stuff that was coming out at first was really good and creative, but then it got, it's, like, getting to a point where, like I said, the market is so oversaturated and, like, now it's appealing to kids and, like, of course kids should have spooky, scary things that they, that they can get their little hands on, but, like, man, the back room, the back rooms are getting Five Nights at Freddy's and it's not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I'm, I, I think it's just one of those things where it's, like, because I don't find it inherently creepy, mm-hmm. a lot of this movie just falls flat for me because of that. Because a lot of this movie is just like, here's some creepy analog stuff. That and I probably think if, is a factor. If if you don't find that inherently creepy on its own merits, I really don't. I think that's also going to be a factor in whether this movie does anything for you. I think it's also just this thing of like, my gut reaction to like fuzzy VHS is warm, fuzzy nostalgia feelings and mm-hmm. not like this is really scary and off putting feelings. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's kind of this thing of like that inherent creepiness of the analog genre does a lot of the legwork in this movie. And again, if that on its own is scary, more power to you. You're going to love Skin Marink. Thank you. Um, but for me, it just doesn't do very much for me. So it's like, okay, again, like, here's a grainy shot of some Legos. Like, okay. What are we, what are we doing with that, though? <laughs> again, I, I don't, I don't want to be dumping on this movie. But, like, that, how, I'm just trying to articulate my experience. How dare you? <laughs> how dare dare you say your opinion on my podcast where it's only my opinions ever. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm getting a new co-host. Who would your new co-host be? Now that I've been fired for hating analog horror crimes. I mean, do I have to be, like, should I be honest or should I give you a funny answer? It- <laughs> Wait, now I want to know what your serious answer is. I oh, Jace. Gonna- <laughs> Jace, obviously. 
I thought you were just gonna go on it. Honestly, if I if I genuinely had to replace you for some godforsaken reason, Taylor, it would be Jace. What if I got canceled on Twitter for not liking Skin and Break? I'm I'm putting you I'm putting you in the like liminal skin rink world oh, no, for five hundred days. Rinked. Fuck you. Oh, no. You've been ranked. I've been ranked. Get oh, ranked no. on idiot. God. <laughs> I hate it here. The worst podcast. Jace, come come be the coat. Come take my Why place. Does anyone please. Listen to I us? can't do this anymore. <laughs> This was supposed to be my like serious horror movie analysis episode, and now Not I'm, while like, I'm your co-host, bitch. Get I'll ranked never, on, idiot. I'll, I'll never let you go. No, um, I'm trying to think of something serious to segue to. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Actually, since we're talking about Mr. Skinnamarink himself or itself, themselves, I don't know. Rinky I don't. Rinky. I don't know the Skinnamarink's gender. <laughs> I don't know their pronouns. I don't. Uh, if anyone I who worked on this movie wants to reach out and tell us the Skinnamarink's pro. Yeah, Kyle Edward Ball. Know. Hey, Mr. Ball, sir, what is the Skinnamarink's gender identity? I need to know so I can gender them properly. I want anyway. to be able to properly address the Skinnamarink anyway. <laughs> I I do love how inhuman the Skinnamarink sounds. Yes. I think it reminds me a lot of like those stories about like creatures that try to sound human but end up sounding like like a parrot or like an animal trying to imitate human speech and like yeah. not quite getting there. Yeah. Like it reminds me a lot of that. There's something very scary about the idea of like a completely unknowable force. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all well and good to say something like, "Oh, you know, you know, all my love to the Conjuring movies, but to be like, you know, okay, it's a demon. You know? Like, Mm -hmm. demons are scary, but there's something you can kind of wrap your head around a demon. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, it's a thing from hell, it's like a servant of the devil, whatever. It wants to possess people, like, yeah. yeah. There's there's rules for demons. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what the fuck the skin and marink is, I don't know what the rules are, and there's something really horrific about how unknowable this thing is especially to two children who already don't know shit because they're kids who is it why is it here what does it want none of these questions are answered and for some people that's a detriment of this film and for some people that is what makes it really fucking scary Mm -hmm. i was thinking a lot about the lighthouse when i watched this movie and I was thinking specifically of, like, how when we talked about The Lighthouse, we were talking about how, like, there are so many questions in that movie that aren't answered. Mm-hmm. And the movie isn't interested in answering those questions. And I think that very much applies to the Skinnamarink and what's going on with, with the Skinnamarink. Like, we don't, like, nothing, there's no lore it's yeah, there's no, this is not like a franchise. <laughs> Skin and Rink Cinematic Universe, when? Skin and Rink 2, it's a musical. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Skin and Rink the musical. Fucking make it happen. Well, I've been dancing on a moonbeam. Okay, no, we gotta get serious again. Um, <laughs> if this is your first episode of this show, I'm sorry. I'm We're so always like sorry. this, unfortunately. Um... No, but I I agree. I think, honestly, like, something about it being so... It was very Lovecraftian. Ooh, yes. In this way of, like, you know, Lovecraft always gets boiled down to, like, oh, it's fish people. Uh Uh-huh. It's just, just like, a, a really gross simplification of what it is that makes the great old ones as scary as they are. You know, say what you want about H.P. Lovecraft as a person. He was terrible. But, like... Yeah, fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I'm glad he's dead. But, like, he was able to create creatures. Like, the idea of a monster that is so scary and so unknowable that the sight of it drives you mad, that's a lot like this creature that is in this movie. This idea of, like, there is no earthly analog for this thing 
Like a lot of horror monsters, it's like, okay, it's like a dog, but evil. It's like a bug, but big, you know, like there's some sort of something to anchor it to reality, if only so that you can have a jumping off point for why it's fucked up and scary. There's nothing about the skimmering that even is anything that you as a human being know of or have experienced. You could, like, vaguely say that it's demonic, but even then, not really. Yeah, there's not no in the sense that we know. to hell or anything like that. Yeah. Like, that's just guesswork at best. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think that that did a lot of, like, work. The, the parts of the movie that didn't really hit for me, that hit for me. The, like, so, like, it's so void. Like, what is this? I don't know. What does it want? I don't know. Why is it here? I love when horror movies don't answer my questions in a thoughtful way. I love being in the dark. Don't explain shit to me. Just scare me. (laughs) If you try to give me lore, I will kill you with my teeth. (laughs) I just want vibes. Vibes only cinema. It is ironic that I joke about how much I love vibes only cinema, and then when I am actually given a movie which runs exclusively on vibes, I didn't like it. Well, it's not the right vibes for you, Taylor. That's fine. It's maybe just not the correct vibes. Um, I'm very intrigued by this movie, despite... I, I want to watch it again. I want to, I want to see what everyone else sees in this movie. I will say, maybe for my closing thoughts, no matter what your opinion on this movie is, I think it's a good thing that it exists and that it was given a theatrical release. Unequivocally, yes. I, I 100% agree with you on this. At no point during this movie was I thinking to myself that this movie should not have been made. And I have thought this about movies, including movies we've done on this podcast, Escape from Tomorrow, The Haunted Mansion. Um, but it's it's a rare movie. And the thing is, I'm like, it's this is so weird to say, but like, I'm grateful for this movie mm-hmm. because... I think it's a rare thing to be able to watch a movie and to dislike it, but to also think it's good. Mm -hmm. And I I don't have that kind of dissonance with a film often. And it's just, that's, I think I'm just very intrigued by this movie because it's like, I can tell objectively that this is a well-made, well-crafted film with good, cool stuff in it. And yet, I don't like it. It's just not for you. <laughs> and it's, I love that. I, I think we need more movies that are just fucking not for me. Not for everyone. No more, <laughs> listen, I know this is this is coming from uh, Little Miss Marvel Bitch herself, but no more Mass Appeal movies. No more Mass Appeal That's movies. That's why I like Multiverse of Madness so much, because not <laughs> everyone liked it. Exactly. Only the smart and sexy people liked Multiverse of Madness. <laughs> anyway, uh, I am grateful this movie exists. I think it's great that it exists. I... Really, really hope that its popularity is going to uh, make it so that other movies like this can be widely released to the public, too. I also hope that, that like, small children find this movie and are scared by it. I That's a strange thing to say out loud, but I think that this movie would be really, really good to watch if you're, like, 11 years old. I, did you know <laughs> that this movie, uh, that's kind of how this movie got popular? I meant to mention. Oh, interesting! Mention it. I meant to mention at the beginning. This movie kind of has like a weird little history to it. In that, hold on, I have the the um, I have a page on it open. Give me one sec. So didn't it get like popular on TikTok or something? It did. So, Skidamarink was shot on digital in his in the director's childhood home, actually. Oh, slay. And it premiered at a film festival in Montreal in 2022. 
And then it went on to like screen screen at other festivals. But due to a technical issue, one of the festival's platforms allowed a copy of the film to be leaked online. And the the film like garnered attention over like social media apps like, you know, TikTok, Reddit, Twitter, and all this like word of mouth sort of thing. And that is how like it got popular enough that IFC Midnight picked it up and released it in theaters in the US and Canada. And it listen, social media is good actually, I think. Sometimes social media does like good things. <laughs> Did you know this movie has a fifteen thousand dollar budget and it grossed over two million dollars? That's fucking crazy. I hope to God that we are gonna get a new, like, uh, at least a small wave of, like, just fucking weird-ass horror movies. Me too. God. I hope this movie leads to just people doing weird shit. We need more weird movies. I know this, again, I know this is coming from Little Miss Marvel, bitch, but, like, I also want to see weirdo freak movies. Keep horror weird. Yes! Keep horror weird. Would you like to read some letterbox reviews? I would love to read some letterbox reviews, Taylor, please. Beautiful. We're rinking around on letterbox. Uh, Strida says, in my opinion, not a great ketamine movie. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> I can't imagine watching this movie under the influence of, like, any substance. I would yeah. die. It would yeah, kill no. me. I... Watching if, this movie high would send me into, like, female hysteria. So just before this movie, I was talking to friend of the pod, Rosemary, and I was saying to her, I was like, you know, oh, like, you know, we need to hang out. Like, I want to smoke a blunt with you. And then I was thinking, like, oh, my God, I cannot imagine smoking a blunt before watching this movie. Oh, my God. No, 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 I no, would, no, no. I would no. just pass That out. would give you, like, the worst high any human being has ever experienced. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, Cinephil says, what Jaws did to swimming in the ocean, Skinnerink does to midnight potty trips. Four stars. So fucking <laughs> true. This movie is the exact vibe of being, like, five years old and having to go to the bathroom at night. Yeah. And then, <laughs> That's like, Skinnerink. And then you flush the toilet and you run out of the room because it's too loud. And Just then you me. run up the stairs. Because, because, says, because the creature will grab your he- your ankle if you don't run your course. enough. The creature. We all know the creature. The monster, you know. The killer. The killer. The killer. Well, the killer. <laughs> well, the killer. <laughs> um, McKenna says, you've heard of healing your inner child. Now get ready for mercilessly beating your inner child to death with a crowbar. <laughs> yeah. Four and a half stars. Yeah. Sam Clare says, you know when it's dark and you think that that pile of clothes in the corner of your room is a person? That's what this whole movie feels like. Fucking terrifying. So true. Like, genuinely. I search the shadows of every shot in this movie, even though I know there's nothing there. Like, I've seen this movie before. Yeah. But I'm still like, oh my god, what if there's a creature in there? What, what if-, if the skin and marink is there? <laughs> and Nightblade says... Those kids had some strong willpower. If this happened to me, I would kill myself day one. Five stars. So true. Uh, I would just, like, keel over dead from fear. Like, yeah. I, I don't know if you can actually die of fright, but I would prove that you can. Yeah. This this would be the first case of a person dying of fright. Harry says, piggybacking off of what we said earlier, if you hate anybody with your whole heart, you will tell them to eat an edible before watching the movie. Four stars. <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah that's what you do to your worst enemy yeah you're like oh my god you know what movie is so fun to watch so you need to get super fucking stoned and watch, you watch i think like if that person then murdered you after that it would be like they yeah, would that would be fine not, it would be allowed like they would not go to prison yeah no uh, and this one, this one rules. Uh, Cohen says, all you need to know about how singularly upsetting this movie is, is that there's a demon in it. And I have seen absolutely nobody saying they want to fuck the demon. And brother, I have seen people saying they want to fuck some wild stuff. <laughs> there has never been a truer statement in this entire world. Not the a fact single that no person one wants is trying to fuck the skin of Marink. <laughs> the fact that no one wants to fuck the skin of Marink 
speaks volumes. It speaks also, volumes. Also, I'm canceling anyone who wants to fuck the skin of Marink because it's a child and it's like right, wanting to fuck Jason Voorhees. He has it's a baby. It's neurodivergent brain. and a minor. Yeah. <laughs> Canceled on Twitter. Canceled on Twitter for, you know, watch this. Um, like, watch them Tumblr sexy manify the skin of Marink. They would. Those Tumblr girls would do it. You know how, like, they made the don't hug me, I'm scared creatures? The clock, so, yeah. I, like, Taylor, I know the clock. You know, they made them into hot guys. What if they did that with, like, the Do you phone? think they'd make the skin of Marink into a white twink? Yes. Are you I, kidding me? I'm Absolutely. so... I'm so intrigued by the idea. Somebody please draw white twink skin of Marink. Please? Yeah. I think it would be like like the phone would be the head and like the um the like would he receiver be a would be boy? one of the arms. Would he be a rabbit boy because of the Presto Changel rabbit? Mm, I think the phone is more iconic. That's true. We're knocking on too many doors. The devil is going to answer. I'm done with this. We're, I'm we're moving on. I'm pressing down firmly on the doorbell. I want the devil to open the door. <laughs> Please. I'm here. I want to know. Artists, send us your white twink skinnamarink. Skinnamatwink! Skinnamatwink! <gasps> that just hit a skinnamatwink! Oh my god. Oh, this is so send bad. Us this... Some, someone snatch up that Tumblr URL. Skinnamatwink. Wait, I have to see. <laughs> is it taken? Skin. Brothers, it is not taken. Someone snatch that shit up! I give this movie two and a half stars. I give it four and a half stars. <laughs> the ADHD oh. autism divide is real. I wish I liked it more. I If someone wants to, like, if any rich people want to rent out a movie theater, any rich fans of Skinnamarink want to rent out a movie theater and let me go see the movie for free uh, with all my friends, uh, maybe I'd consider bumping it up. Come on, open your wallets. That's my challenge. Open your wallets. Let's go. Come on. Rich, I think that rich people should do this for me. I agree. They've already taken so much from us. I think they I think they owe us this, at least. <laughs> I think they, they owe me a private screening of Skinnamarink. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my Skinnamarink hot take. I think it's good. <laughs> <laughs> Skinnamarink, good, actually. I actually like... I love this movie a lot. I, this is probably... And I love that for you. Probably my top movie of the year so far. Okay. Just below, uh, I watched the menu uh, this weekend, and that's probably that and uh, that and Skinnamarink. When, Ele- when Eleanor saw the menu, she told me that I was going to be horny for Ray Fiennes in that movie, and I was like, "Yeah, probably." <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, you are. Um, He's so tailor coded. Anyway, we're moving on. One more thing, just last thing. I want to reach out and say thank you to Skinnamarink for Reacher. No, the movie. Okay, as a concept for finally bumping Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania off of my recently watched. Thank you so much. I no longer have to go to my Letterbox account and remember that I saw Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania in theaters. Just the worst movie I've ever seen. No, no, there's there's worse that I've seen, but it's definitely the worst MCU movie. Uh, anyway. That's so fucking funny. And, like, listen, it's the worst MCU movie coming from me. I have seen Age of Ultron three times. That's- it's dire out here, but, man. It's dire. <laughs> Guardians 3 better be good. Guardians 3 is gonna slap. It is, because it's Guardians 3. Anyway. Anyway, next time. Taylor has chosen a much older film to pair with Skin and Rink. She has chosen 1955's Dementia, which is not, uh, it's a silent movie. And I've never seen it before, but it looks, it was apparently uh, controversial when it came out for having, what, what, what was it, Taylor? Basically, like, no plot. It, it was a vibes-only film. Um... And in 1955, like, as controversial as Skin and Marink is now for being a vibes-only film, you can only imagine how a vibes-only movie went over among the American public in 1955. 
Yeah. So I'm very interested to see this. I've never seen it. Um, I've heard good things about it. It has a very high rating on Letterboxd. A lot of people that I trust really like this movie. And I've been meaning to watch it for a while. And I was like, what can I pair with Skin and Rank? Oh, shit. It's also under an hour long. It's I was going to say, and brothers, it's 58 minutes long. Yeah. Always a plus. We love a tight 90 or a tight 60 on here. We do love to see it. So, yeah. All right. So if you enjoyed our ranking around today, you <laughs> can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at FGFpod. And if you extra liked it, you can give us five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, do whatever it is you need to do on your podcast. Yeah. Do whatever it is you need to do on your podcast platform of choice to let us know that we you enjoyed our little show. And we will see you next time for Dementia. Bye, everybody. Bye.